You're listening to the No Gray Areas podcast with Patrick McCullough. Today's guest is Tim McDonald, president of National Christian Foundation Southwest. Tim shows us how we can live generously even when we feel like we have nothing left to give. Let's dive in. Tim McDonald, welcome to No Gray Areas. It's so good having you on our podcast. We joke about it, but uh, we just met, I think, a couple of weeks ago, right? We did, Patrick, yeah. yes. And um, the, the funny thing was for about a year now, I kept having these meetings. Like every three weeks, I'd have a meeting with someone that I would hear, do you know Tim McDonald? You really need to meet Tim McDonald. <laughs> and so we finally met a few weeks ago, and we were just a few minutes into our conversation, and I was immediately going, I know why everybody said yeah, that. So too. I connected with you right away. But uh, let, let's get a little bit of background. We're going to talk about generous living, generous giving today, uh, but a little background on you. So you're from what part of the country? Yeah, so grew up in the Boston area. Okay. Yeah. Huge, stupid. You yeah. Could say stupid before huge. Yeah. Red Sox fan. You are. Just dumb. Celtics, Bruins. Patriots really didn't exist when I was there, although they had the team, but yeah. didn't really matter. Yeah. Today it's a different story. Now, I had one of my friends in high school. His dad was an annoying Celtics fan. I was from Montana. Yeah. And I, man, because of that, I couldn't stand the Celtics. But you know how it often is? I look back on that era in the 80s, yeah. you know, with Bird, yeah. McHale, all that was. Wow, you guys had a team. So for my 33rd birthday, yeah, my wife did a surprise birthday party for me. She took down all the artwork, everything in the house, replaced it all with photos or jerseys of Larry Bird. <laughs> so in you, the whole house. Yes. So, <laughs> so yeah, I was that yeah. I was I could have been your obnoxious cousin. Yeah. What yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, then I, I went to Bible school in downtown Chicago and all the teams that would play the Chicago Bulls would come down there or the pre-draft camp. They would be at that school that I went to at the gymnasium. Yeah. And uh, I I met Larry Bird in person there. And it was that was again, I didn't looking back now, I, I would have probably soak that up a little bit more now yeah. at that time i'm just like larry bird he's the annoying guy that i didn't yeah. like his team but now great respect so quick, quick yeah. silly story yeah so friend of mine she worked for usa basketball and she was a part of the first teams that were the dream team mm -hmm. and so we go to a nuggets game i go with her and my wife and some other friends and uh, after the game she introduced us to larry and robert Parrish and kevin McHale. so we were at on the side of the court meeting them right yeah i can't speak patrick you, you I, I'm, just <laughs> i'm dumb i just i can't speak in fact my eyes have welled up with tears my wife looks at me and she's sort of tapping me on the shoulder and i'm like i'm done don't, don't honey i can't talk to you I, I this is just this i you know, now i can die yeah and go to heaven i'll yeah. be done it's yeah. good that that was a team that, that was, was hilarious a team. you've had them and you actually had some great ones after that too but that that yes. was an era that's right. unforgettable for sure so so what about some of your work life then what have you done uh in your career a number of different things yeah done some fundraising development with a couple organizations one some might have heard of focus on the family mm -hmm. worked with them for a little while mm -hmm. um really my my work life got started working with pepsi-cola and uh so in high school and through college was a truck driver for Pepsi. Yeah. So I would sling soda and yeah. make that happen and had a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then got in some real estate development and did some other things and uh, okay. that lead me to where we are today. So maybe you can solve this for, for everybody. Is it soda, cola, or pop? What yeah. is it? So it's, I don't care what anybody else says, right? It's soda. Okay. That's, that's what it has to go by. And anyone who says different is wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> so. And by the way, Pepsi and Coke, yeah, it's um, a stupid fan of Pepsi. 
and oh, I yeah. can smell the difference yeah. and yeah. just, it's ridiculous. I was a Coke fan for most of my life and it was the last couple of years because my son-in-law's dad just loves Pepsi. So we started having it more when yeah. he come over. I've turned into a Pepsi fan, so I get it a little bit. Well, with but a nose just, like this, you can, yeah, smell it. You, you can smell oh, the difference. it's ridiculous. Now, I do want you to know when I was over in India yes. uh, a couple years ago, I got a little can and it said pop on it. So I was like, there it proves it. Because I grew up with, it's pop, grab yeah. a can of pop. Yeah. I found out that there's not very many people that say that, yeah, but that right. I was one oh, and it said great. pop. So I took a picture of it. I can show it to you later <laughs> if you want to know. It is pop. Evidence. So, yeah. So, but you worked with some authors too, right? I some did. significant authors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They were, they, they did some amazing work. Uh, one of them I worked with was the president of the board that you went to school with. So, yeah. Uh, Love that institution and the organization, yep. and love him. Yeah, I mean, Moody, he's, Moody he's, Bible Institute, Moody yep, Bible downtown Institute. Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gentleman I got to serve was Jerry Jenkins. Yeah, Jerry's just a stud. Yeah, he's how many books? Did, he's written over a hundred books, right? Yeah, yeah. It's over two hundred now. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah he's a prolific writer, and uh, besides that, he's just a. A great man. He's a great individual, yeah, too. Yeah, great, great Well, family. and some people that may not know Jerry Jenkins may actually know of his son right mm -hmm. now, Dallas Jenkins, yeah. who, right, he's the producer of The Chosen. Yeah, creator of The Chosen. Yeah, the creator of yeah, it. Yeah, it was his brainchild. Wow. And, and that, that is outstanding. It is. I uh, can't recommend that enough. Agreed. Me either. Yeah. Uh, I am an absolute fan. Yep. And yep. Uh, would encourage anyone who's listening, if you haven't watched any of the episodes of The Chosen, do so. Yeah. Just do so. I, the very first one, people started, I didn't even know much about it. People told me about the first one that came out. Uh, I was really tired. I made it about halfway through it, and then I turned it off for some reason. I don't remember why. But then I came back to it uh, a couple months later, and that hooked. Because when you get to the end of that first episode, yeah. and Mary she meets Jesus, and he right? calls her by, by name. name. Yes. I teared up. I do, like, I do, I do now yes. as I think about it. I'm yep. I can't think of another episode of anything video that captures my heart. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just got goosebumps, goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. It's extraordinary. It, it was magnificent. And then the Nicodemus one was the same one. Yeah. When he's like, you, when, when the realization comes over Nicodemus, this is the one. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so incredible. So totally did you great. know Dallas when he was young at I did. all? I knew him when he was out of college and, and uh, when he was getting started in his career, and he's just, uh, he and his family, his wife, Amanda, their kids are, yeah, it's just a great family. Good. Just, just the whole family, just much love and respect for them. I told, when I found out you worked for Jerry Jenkins, I told you I was working security at the time at Moody Bible Institute, and I would walk through Moody Publishing. They had yeah. their big warehouse there. And I remember just seeing stacks of Jerry Jenkins' book. Another one came out. And then, you know, it seemed like, it seemed like a couple months later, it was probably longer than that, another Jerry Jenkins book. I mean, he wrote a lot of books, some good ones. I've read quite a few. Some great ones. Yeah. I was a raving fan of Left Behind, the yes. series itself. Yeah. yeah. And just because I loved the writing. It was, I yep. really enjoyed it. Yep. So. Well, really the subject matter that we want to talk about is generous living, which is part of what you do now, right? You're Correct. involved in, in helping people with generous living. I think most people listening have a general idea what that means, but but unpack that a little bit. What does it mean when you talked about someone living generously, what would that look like? So what I do now is I work with an organization called National Christian Foundation. So I'm the president of our region here and we serve givers in Arizona and New Mexico. And we want to come alongside um, anyone and help them uh, understand this joy of generous giving. And um, yeah, how it affects all aspects of life. Uh, we know that many folks have a financial strategy, right? So they have those 
ducks in a row, mm-hmm. but they may not have a giving strategy. And so when they don't have a giving strategy, many times they're missing opportunities or spending more on taxes maybe than they'd necessarily want to do. Yeah. So NCF, what we do, our team does, is come alongside those folks and help them create that giving strategy Yeah. yeah. so they can experience that greater joy of generosity that comes alongside that. And, um, and that's what we do. Would you, would you suggest that for anybody at any income level saying you, you it's, it's important that you sit down and you have a, a yeah, giving strategy? Yeah, this is an income amount. This has nothing to do with income. That's right. It's a heart set. Mm. And it has to do with everyone. So time, money, resources, um, your family, your, how you inter- interact with people, it's all-encompassing. Yeah. So it's not a money scenario although there are aspects of giving that we can do with our resources. Uh, but that's the, the money side of things is just a, I'll say a, an outcome sometimes or a small slice of everyone's life yeah. and their journey. And we love to come alongside folks yeah. as they're walking on this generous journey and, uh, and what that, that looks like. And yeah. so uh, this journey of generosity, which is a, which is an event we help host from time to time. And there's a larger organization um, that really focuses on stewarding those conversations really, really well yeah. uh, that we're aligned with at the hip. And um, we love hosting those kind of, of conversations with, with folks and with, with no pretense whatsoever. It's not a fundraising kind of conversation because um, money has nothing to do with it. Um, it's a life heart set. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, when that, when that happens, um, you get many times you go to the, to the spot, right. Where that took place. Yeah. And, uh, you can, right. When yes, I met you, yes, you were talking yes. about when you, the generous journey, yeah. um, that you can remember exactly. So tell us where that was. You can remember where you were standing. And I know exactly where I was standing. Yeah. yeah on the stairwell in our house. It was after my wife and I had come back up the stairs, our, the basement of our home was empty. And, uh, and so we were in a home that was much larger than we needed. And, uh, and so we had uh, friends of our oldest son uh, at the time found themselves needing a place to stay. So Lainey and I walked downstairs to look at the house. Maybe they could move in down here. And we're walking back up the stairs. And she says, Tim, if you hadn't taken me to that generous event, we wouldn't be having this conversation today. I, there's only one answer we have, and the answer is yes. They're moving into our house. Let's just make this happen, and uh, that was transformative for both of us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a, we we didn't give anything, yeah, right? There yeah. was, we didn't give anything away. Yeah. All we did was we had a resource that someone else needed to utilize, and that spurred on activity in our in our minds and our hearts to help serve this family. How, how did that event lead you to the point? Like it almost sounds like your wife was telling you, like, this. We don't even need to discuss this. We both know. Yeah. what we're going to do here. Yeah. How did that event lead you to that? Like, do you think prior to the, to you going, going through that event that you might've been on the stairwell and not even thought about that that was an option? Uh, we would have had the conversation, uh, but I don't think our hearts would have been at the very same place for mm. us to so easily mm. say, yep, yep. Done deal. Next. Yeah. What, what do we got to do next? Yeah. Versus him and Han and, and, and maybe not understanding what this joy for somebody else could mean, because for us, it certainly wasn't a hardship, and uh, but for this family, it was a big deal. They got to be out, they got to be somewhere, have their own access to their own place, and really be able to do what they want to do on their own. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have the resources to do it. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, for a young family, that's a oh, it's a necessary oh. item. So the and the, and because you, you used that phrase earlier, the joy of generous living, it, it's you and your wife got to experience that joy, but they do it as well, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a ripple effect there too, isn't there? Yeah. Like when you started, when you started down that journey, and that's why I like when you talked about this journey of generous living that you do something like you and your wife did, but then it just leads to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, doesn't it? It does. And, yeah. and so it was for, Lainey and I are the ones who really felt the joy, right? That's, that we got to experience that. They got to experience a place to land and they were safe and everything was, was great. They, meaning mom and dad and two little kids. And the two little kids just, they had a ball because we had plenty of space. And so mm-hmm. they'll remember that opportunity as well. Yeah. And then we get to share. We get to, it, it's sharing with other individuals why the heck are you doing that? Yeah. Why did you open up your house? Yeah. Well, the question isn't why would we? The question is why wouldn't we? And there, there was, there was no hurdle there whatsoever. And um, I'm not saying we're the most generous individuals at all. I'm just simply saying what we experienced was awesome. Yeah. And to be able to share that joy with others, it's something yeah. God's called us to do. Why do you think? Because I can, I can almost guarantee you that everyone in the audience that's listening right now can think back on a time where they were generous, mm-hmm. and they're going, "Yeah, I remember the joy it brought me." Why do you think that gives us such joy as human beings to live generously? Yeah, I think uh, for me, it's a faith aspect to it. There, there's a, a personal aspect to it, uh, a human being aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. But I think when you layer faith on top of that, uh, it just what Christ did for us was extraordinary. So. Obviously, I come from a Christian faith, and um, and so so what that what I've experienced with that generous living yeah. and giving um, is just a small is what I experienced is extraordinary. Yeah, what I'm able to to do is a small slice of that same thing of yeah. giving, and it doesn't matter if it's much or little. Yeah, uh, it's about how we go about doing that. Meaning, do are we there to do it for him and to serve yeah. others? Yeah, and. Uh, not looking for any recognition from anyone at all. Yeah. Um, the joy is in the giving, and everything else gets to yeah. take care of itself. I really like too how you said that it's a it's a mindset, it's a heart, right? It's a heart issue of it. It's it's not just about I I you know I have some money in my wallet. It's just all that I have, all that I've been given. Is it's not just mine. Yeah, it's I'm stewarding it, right? Is that part of that? Yeah, it is. And so I think the the mindset around that, um, which I've come to understand, and I haven't always had this mindset. Uh, do we have an abundance mindset or a scarcity mindset? Mm. Is do do we we never have enough? Right? You could argue that no one will ever have enough. I just you want could, a little bit more. Yeah, just a just a little bit more. Just yeah. a little bit more. Right? And the trappings that are uh, that our society puts on us in that in that realm is real. Yeah, um, it's it's it is real, and so but that comes from a scarcity mindset, an abundance mindset. Um, if God really owns it all, yeah. and if I really am His steward, um, and He's called me to do this with whatever, then I'm 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 doing what I'm supposed to do because He's called me to do that. Yeah, and uh, and so it's not mine. Yeah, it's His, mm-hmm. and so. Um, when I give it away, I'm not giving you anything of mine, right? I'm just transferring the the ownership is then from him. He's going to continue to have that. You're you're now a steward of what that is. Yeah. And so, um, the, the the abundance versus scarcity mindset is an extraordinary thing for it to click. Uh, 
one of my favorite books um, is a book called Rooting for Rivals, uh, written by two gentlemen, Peter Greer and Chris Horst. Rooting for Rivals. Rooting for Rivals, yes. R-O-O-T-I-N-G. And it talks about that um, scarcity versus abundance mindset. And it's convicting as church members, as churchgoers, as organizations who are in the marketplace to serve the community. So it could be churches, nonprofits, whatever the case may be. And how many of those organizations uh, actually share with one another? Uh, the idea is if God really does own it, then um, we are to be sharing this together. And and this isn't my donor, yeah. right, on a yeah. fundraising side of things. Uh, this is what we're to do together. And yeah. um, uh, I would encourage anyone in leadership, one, okay. to read that book, but two, anyone in, in Christian leadership wondering how on earth are we going to make this plan happen? Um, it opens some some ideas that I think is just awesome. I, I know, again, because I've worked in the nonprofit church world for much of my life, and I know that there is that danger. It's so easy to fall into that, like there's this pie, and it's only so big. Yep. And you are an organization, and I'm an organization. There's an organization over here, and we're all fighting for a piece of that pie. Yep. And we, But there's only so much, but that's we're the scarcity this, right? mindset. We're doing yeah. this, yeah. And if we're, we do this. Yeah. And and that's what we see the the, the biblical worldview again yeah. is 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 God saying I I own all of this I have more than you can imagine I have more than you can so it's not that there's a piece of pie and there's only so much it's that there's this this amount that we can't even fathom correct right yeah but but that that takes a while to get there because everything's working against us I remember reading a study that took place that how how marketing has changed mm-hmm. that that marketing in the early part of the last century in the early 1900s it was basically to tell you why this was a good product right but it started to shift to get us to go this is why you need this not just want it but need this right which led us to I mean we've just been raised now in a culture and a society it's like I, I don't have enough I need more yeah right yeah I was <laughs> this is so silly but along those very lines, I fall, I, I fall into that same trap. Oh, so I can talk about this all day long, yeah. but as soon as I walk out this door, I can be right back in that same spot. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I are at an event and everybody's dressed up in cowboy gear. Well, we didn't have cowboy gear. So we, we happen to go to this great cowboy store that happens to be in this little town. It's just great. And you know, these boots, you have to have these boots. Oh, yeah. I need them. Yeah. Right. Well, thank goodness that, uh, my my heart didn't uh, succumb to that mindset, yeah, and uh, need to spend frivolously on on doing something like that. But it's a constant struggle. Yeah, we'll probably never arrive in this life. Correct. Right? We'll never. It's that's why I like that phrase. It's a journey. It is. Yeah. 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 So you're a little further along in that journey than you were a while ago, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. S- some of us can maybe look and honestly, I mean, maybe some of the people listening can go, I actually feel like I've gone backwards in my journey. Mm-hmm which is okay because that's part of your journey again. So what are you going to do about it now? Right. Right. But in these, in these, um, the, these sessions or these, these, these times where groups meet together and you call it the generous journey, is that what it's called? It's called the journey of generosity. Journey yeah. of generosity. We short form it, call it a jog. Yeah. A journey of generosity. Journey yeah. of generosity. Mm-hmm. What, what do people experience in that? Like what is one of the things that starts happening with them? That's what you guys went to, you and your wife, which yeah. changed the conversation on the stairwell. Yeah. It is a conversation around resources, time, heart, uh, desire, and and how are we how are we utilizing those resources that we have 
to their full extent. And so many folks gather together on a journey of generosity, on a jog, and many times it's folks who don't know each other. Sometimes it's folks who do know each other. And there's always an expectation, always a thought. Okay, someone's going to ask me something. They've got to be asking me for something. <laughs> for sure. Right? Yeah. The most, the best conversation to have is, is uh, it's generally over an afternoon, evening, and then the next morning. Uh, and the reason why it's it's done in that format is because you get some time overnight to percolate, talk with your spouse, and, and really get an idea. What is this? What does this meaning to us? What is it meaning to me? Encourages conversation as a family. Um, but then at the end of the time, there's a okay. What's next? Yeah. And the what's what's next piece is okay. Let's put this into action. Let's we can still have more conversation, which is what we look to have. But if we're going to put it into action, like Lainey and I did, mm-hmm. putting it into action, how do you open up your house? Um, it may be different for somebody else, mm-hmm. right? They could have they could have a resource that they had never thought of that, oh, maybe I can use that for what I want to do on this generosity side of, of I've never really thought about before. Yeah. I've often thought of some of those passages where Jesus talks about generosity and um, even his reward system in it. And I catch myself often thinking, I don't know if I really believe what he says. I know I teach it. I've preached it. Mm-hmm. But if I really believed with all my heart what he talks about regarding, hey, if you live this way, mm-hmm. this is the, even even personally my reward in the next life that he's talking about, I wouldn't even hesitate to be overabundantly generous, right? So I, I think a lot of times it's me just struggling, and I'm just being transparent and honest with you where I go, I've preached it before. But I'm going, I, d- I must not fully believe it or understand it or, I don't know, what do you think that is? Yeah, uh, that's, uh, well, you're, you're, you're talking to the mirror, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, very, very same thing. Because of the line of work I'm in, I come across some of the most generous individuals mm-hmm. I've ever met. Mm-hmm. And many of us would say, holy cow, you, you, you can't give anymore. And now we're looking at resources, we're looking at money and, mm-hmm. and business ownership, all that sort of stuff. And they would say, I haven't even touched the iceberg. I haven't, I haven't touched the tip of it because, mm-hmm. because it's, there's so much more that I need to be giving over. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I say giving over, I'm not talking about giving to somebody else, but truly giving to my creator. And, um, and so for each one of us, it's that journey. Yeah. Every single one of us, no matter where we are in that journey. And everyone's journey is different. So as soon as you start hearing about my journey, well, yours can be completely different. Boy, that's so important to understand, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and yeah. but but Christ has got His hand right in yeah. the midst of that. Right, yeah. the different journey is just awesome. Yeah, and it's rewarding for each one of us, even though we're on a different path. Yeah, I, I doubt very many people are going to get to the end of their life and go, "I really wish I wasn't as generous as I was." Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't see. I think of the end of Schindler's List, that movie, where you know Schindler who had who had given so much and sacrificed so much to to save a lot of Jews, but at the end of that. Where he's like, I could have done more. I could have done more. That's probably where most of us will be at the end of our life, not yeah. going, I was way too generous. Right. And I gave way too much away. Yeah. 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 I, I just wish you. I could take some of this with me. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Because that's not happening yeah. for any one of us. Yeah. So what what are some tangible things that you would recommend? I mean, so there's people living or, or listening, myself included, sitting mm-hmm. across the table from you right now going, man, you're motivating me once again to go, I, I want to, I want to take that next step and get better. I want to move in deeper into generous living. Yeah. 
what are some tangible things that you would suggest? So, so we have a website, ncfgiving.com. NCF, National Christian Foundation, ncfgiving.com. And on that website is got tools and resources for financial giving. Yeah. There's another organization called Generous Giving. And Generous Giving, uh, they host these things called JOGS, Journey of Generosity. Would highly recommend someone go look at that website and sign up for a JOG. Good. And trust me, it'll be worth it. Trust me. If it wasn't, you'll get my phone number because they won't keep that from you and talk to me about it. Yeah. Because I'd love to hear why it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Because that's important to know. So you're telling us go to ncfgiving.com.com. Yeah. Go sign up for a jog. Mm-hmm. And if for some reason we go through that and we're like, man, that he was wrong. That was a total waste of my time. You're saying, call me mm-hmm. and I want to know why. Yeah. 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 So ncfgiving, ncfgiving.com has got some tools and resources there. Generous Giving is the website that you go on to sign up for a jog. Yeah. And at generousgiving.com, you go on that website and you can say where you are. Yeah. It, we do them on via Zoom if if it's a um, folks can't get face to face, but the face to face gathering is just just awesome. There's mm-hmm. some there's some great churches, there's some great organizations here in the valley that have hosted many of these kind of gatherings and and a small group. It's 8 or 10 people max. Yeah. Um, and you're just just talking about what does generosity mean? Um, because generosity to you could mean com- could be completely different to generosity to me, mm. and so many times we layer that, right? Well, Patrick, if you're really being generous, then then you're doing this. Well, your generosity has nothing to do with Tim McDonald, nothing. My generosity has nothing to do with Patrick. What God's called me to do, I need to do, mm-hmm. and I de- need to do it with my whole heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't always do that. In fact, I probably pretty fall pretty low on that, yeah. that scale. Um, but it's not a comparison scenario. Yeah. Uh, it's that heart set mindset scenario that, that comes back to each one of us. You know, yeah, I was, when you were talking about that, and I thought about, you know, hopefully people signing up for this groups going through this, but the, the impact, I mean, if we as human beings live generously as God called us to live, a world would be a lot different, wouldn't it? <laughs> wouldn't it? I mean, it would yeah. be radically different. And then when we do live that out, there's also a, a generational impact that it can have. Like mm-hmm. the when you and your wife were on the stairs that day, and it wasn't it wasn't even a discussion because you had gone through this jog, yeah. and now you're you know live generously. Those two little kids, they may live differently, yeah. which means their kids may live differently, which means yeah. their kids. So yeah. it starts to have a generational impact, doesn't it? It does. It was fun talking to our boys afterwards after we made that decision we had this family move in because because that meant when they came home there wasn't additional room for them to stay so we'd have to work that out um and they their response was oh yeah makes all the sense in the world they were willing to sacrifice to yeah yeah that's not a big deal yeah yeah, we had a, a similar situation again. I, and this is this is a good story about me. I could share a thousand where I chose not to be mm-hmm. generous yeah. as well. But we had uh, I was teaching and coaching as in our tw- in my, yeah, we were in our twenties. We had a young family as well, and there was a boy that um, acted out in school. He was a new kid, and then I learned more of his story and just a really tough background. Uh, but for some reason, we just heard God telling us like just have him come here for the house. So f- basically, from sixth grade to him graduating. 
he would live with us on and off. My kids still today refer to him as their big brother. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to do his wedding here this oh, fall. That's so great. So it's all these years later. Yeah. And we didn't know, it was just, he needed a place to stay sometimes. And you open up and you don't know what else is going to develop out of that, right? Right. And I've been a recipient so many times of of someone who's living generously. And what that does for me is motivates me to want to do it. Yeah. But so it's such a, it's the core, it's the, really the core of what God meant for humanity to be, isn't it? Yeah. And we've, we we have, we've flipped it in terms of the generosity um, aspect of that conversation as meaning money. And uh, it didn't mean that to you, right? It was opening a home, opening your house, having someone come in. Uh, that's as generous as you can be. It, open your house, yeah. right? That's that's a beautiful place to be. So I'm so that's I I don't want to miss that point, Tim, because I think that's so good. Because I think there's a lot of people, and I do this often, that we're going, man, I'm maxed out right now. Like I know you're talking about being generous, but I get to the end of every month and. I have more bills that that need to go out than income that's coming in, and so I, I I don't I don't I don't know if I can be generous right now. Yeah. And you're saying it's not just about writing a check. Yeah. Or that's old school. Right. But no, no, yeah. that's exactly what we're talking yeah. about. It's not about giving away money, and and there are many folks that will be listening to us who don't have the income to meet the needs that they have on a monthly basis, and so for that individual, generosity. Uh, is is not about what they're giving away financially. Uh, it could be a total restewarding of what they have, and so uh, to meet the needs that they that they have particularly, but they still have time, they still have talent, they still have the ability to serve, and um, that's when you give that up, you're mm-hmm. giving up of yourself, mm-hmm. and it's a whole lot more difficult to give up of yourself than it is to throw down a whatever yeah. bill you have yeah. um, and, and toss that out. Um, that's a much different thing. But the conversation, here's a conversation I love to have is, is Timmy, I, I don't have any more money. I got no more cash, right? And I'm tapped out on time. So don't, this whole generosity thing, don't, don't be talking to me about that. Um, and, and my conversation many times with those folks is, okay, we're not, we're not talking about cash in terms of the NCF side of the equation, um, we want to come alongside folks and understand, teach them how to understand how they can put their balance sheet in its whole into work for their charitable endeavors. And so there's many times when folks have been given generously out of cash. But as we, as our community um, exists, there's about everybody <laughs> who has about 10% of what they have in, in all their assets, maybe maybe up to 20%, but 10 to 20% that is in cash, okay? Chances are we're giving to whatever, the church, a rescue mission, St. Vincent de Paul, the food bank, all these great organizations, chances are we're writing a check or giving it out of whatever resource mm-hmm. cash-wise. And so we get tapped out. There is a, there's a finite yeah. amount of that, right? The other side of that equation is what assets are are owned by that individual. And that's the conversation we'd love to have. Because many times folks have assets that they're like, well, I don't know how, how, how does my business fund my charitable giving? Well, that's the conversation we have on a daily basis to walk alongside someone who's been successful in their business. But that takes up a lot of time and energy. 
and I can't take yeah. any more money out of that. How do I go ahead and, yeah. and utilize that organization to fund my charitable goals? Yeah. And that's what NCF does. We've been doing it for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you unlock a whole new world of what it would mean to live generously. Again, most of us think it's like, I got this 10% here or whatever yeah. I can do. Yeah. And you're opening up all different opportunities. Yeah. 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 Give us the website one more time. NCF National Christian Foundation, ncfgiving.com. Yeah. Love what you're doing, Tim. Love what you're part of. Um, I can honestly tell you that the one time we met at a restaurant yeah. now and in this conversation right here, both times you've impassioned me again to go, man, I, I want to step deeper into this journey about what it means to live generously. Mm, that's awesome. And I mean, again, imagine like just, just where we happen to be in the Phoenix Valley right now, yeah. right? Just imagine what would happen in this valley if you literally had hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of people that started to really seek what it meant to step deeper. Ending homelessness, yeah. ending hunger, yeah. ending the, the lack of, um, of funding for the, the, the um, biblical resources that need to be distributed around the globe. Those are all we have in our capabilities in this short amount of time to be able to eliminate those. We can yeah. do that. Yeah. That's not something that's so far out of reach. Yep. It is, it is a, it is a, it's within our it's grasp. It's doable. We it can is. do it. It we is. We can do it. I yeah, love it that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, Tim, thanks so much. One of the things we do with this podcast, which is fun, is the audience has gotten to know you here for the last 30, 40 minutes or so that we've been talking. Yeah. So we want, give us two truths and a lie. Oh. Yeah. Yeah and, yeah. and the irony of it, because this is no gray areas, but I'm going to ask you to lie to us. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. we'll see. I'm, I'm going to try to guess what your, your lie is. So I don't know that I mentioned we lived in Colorado Springs. That's where we raised our family. So for 30 years, okay. we were there. And so there's a, there's a little bit of context. So we love being in the outdoors. Yeah. So the two truths and a lie would be in that, in that realm. Okay. <clears throat> I've herded buffalo. Okay. You've herded buffalo. All okay. right. Yeah. Herded buffalo. I've shot an elk. You've shot an elk. And I've seen two lions stalk a Cape buffalo. Ooh. In the wild. Ooh. Okay. Wow, that's good. I'm gonna go with the uh the shooting the elk. If you if you live in Colorado, you probably hunted. So I'm gonna go with that's a truth. Okay, so that's the lie. Oh you got me. <laughs> you got me. Okay. I have been on many elk walks, elk hikes, yeah, carrying my rifle on my shoulder. Yes. And have never been able to do so. <laughs> I am an absolute failure so at my if we were counting on hunter. you to bring food home, we'd be going hungry. Dude, we're, we're yeah, birds? Yeah, yeah, That's we're, a different story. Yeah. <laughs> we're starting. So you watched lions stalk at Cape Buffalo? Outrageous. Angoro Angoro Crater, which is in Tanzania. Yeah. We were in our safari jeep, right? And the guy stops it. He goes, check this out. These two Cape Buffalo are walking across a plane, and there's two lioness hiding in the grass, right? Well, these two lioness, we watched them for an hour. And they attack and they they're on this cape buffalo right this cape buffalo is like not today ladies it fights them off and takes off really it was um, it was the most remarkable thing wow yeah wow and what was the other one? Oh, herded buffalo herding herded buffalo yeah too? yeah yeah so up in the hills in colorado mm -hmm. there's herds of buffalo mm -hmm. well herd had gotten out we were staying at this home and uh herd had gotten out so we were out there in our four-wheelers and um we're like well we need to move them back over so we had three or four four wheelers and we were herding the buffalo back. And there was one that uh, he's a big boy. Yeah. I mean, big boy. And so we had him 
you know, motoring down the, the roadway back to his, his little house. And uh, he just stopped. And he was, in his mind, he's like, I'm done moving. So I will not be chased any longer. Turns around and stares us down. And we're on our four-wheeler. And they're massive they're animals. They're massive if, animals. If, yes. if someone hasn't been close to one of those. They're yeah. massive. Yeah. So we put our four-wheeler in reverse and yeah. just backed up. And he turned around and walked. He won back. that one. That's He's exactly, like, I'm going my own time. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Tim, thank you so much. Thanks for what you do. You do, And uh, thanks for being on our podcast. Appreciate it so much. A pleasure, Pat. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the No Gray Areas podcast. To dive deeper into the story, be sure to subscribe, follow us on social media, and check out nograyareas.com.